0: Good morning. I'm so excited to talk to y'all today, and uh, we are going to talk about sacrifice this morning, sacrificial love, and what that means in our lives. I'm really excited because this is a huge message that I need in my own life. Um, I struggle with this at times in my life, and so I'm really excited to share this with you, um, as also with myself. So any t- anything I say to you, I'm also um, trying to live out in my own life. And I really want to tell you all a story first to kind of display um, how selfish I am. <laughs> so um, whenever you get married, you realize, like, oh, wow, I think about myself a lot. Like, does anybody else, did that kind of revelation hit you when you got married, had kids? Um, that we are conditioned to put ourselves first in our lives. And it's hard to break that cycle. And for me personally, um, it's a challenge. So here's a little story that illustrates that. A few weeks ago, my husband and I got tickets to go to the Ole Miss game and we were really excited because we're huge LSU fans. And we got four tickets It was too late. It was an 8 o'clock kickoff, and our boys could not hang with that. So we asked some friends, and, you know, it just didn't work out timing-wise. So my husband had a great idea to invite a young man that he's been mentoring for about three years. Um, He's 22. His name's Ivan, and Ivan has basically been homeless for the last three years. And when I say homeless, I mean he doesn't have a permanent residence. He goes from... Family member to family member to friend to auntie to uncle to cousin. And um, he's also been battling addiction. And he is the sweetest kid. And I love him so much. My husband loves him. And so he was like, hey, let me text Ivan. And I was like, doesn't he live, like, out by Glen Oaks? And we're going this way. And I really need to be in the stadium for Colin Baton Rouge. Um, I really need to be there for pregame, like I am a big LSU fan, and I have to sing along with Garth, like in my seat. Like this is a this is a deal breaker, you know. If I have a ticket, I have to be there 15 minutes early. Um, so. We talked to him, and he said, actually, I'm over by Sherwood Forest. And I was like, "Uh, you know what? Still, we have to go by the store. We have to bring drop the boys off. And I was finding every single excuse for me to make sure I got to the stadium one time. It was about me. It wasn't about giving this young man an awesome night. He'd never been in an LSU game. He loves football. So finally... The goodness went out, and we went and picked him up, made it on time, FYI, I will say. But we did drive out of the way, and um, I'm like counting the minutes, and we get there, and I'm telling you, his face was like these lights above you. He was grinning from ear to ear like a five-year-old on Christmas morning the entire four hours through the rain. He was lit up like a Christmas tree, and he continued to thank us. He said over and over, y'all made my year. Um, 2018, you made 2018 for me. And if I had let my selfishness went out, instead of allowing inconvenience to kind of throw off our schedule, I would have missed that incredible goodness. And that little drive out of the way paid off in huge dividends. Showing love to others when inconvenient is when the best stuff happens. I am learning this. It is hard for me because I like schedules. (laughs) I like being um, not necessarily on time, necessarily, but (laughs) I like having a plan, and that plan... Uh, following through. And so my husband's great at loving and putting people over time. And like he will go run an errand. And I'm like texting him, where are you? We have to go here. And he said you would be an hour. And he's like, I met a couple in the parking lot at Walmart and talked to them and prayed for them. And I'm like, that's great for them, but we need to go. <laughs> Seriously. So when I tell you I need to learn about sacrificial love, I mean it. Like, I'm telling y'all. But people matter more than our timelines, our restrictions. And this is why. Because God's very essence is sacrificial love. His love is so great for us that God stoops continually down to meet us. And I love this scripture, I mean, this first um, quote from Rachel Held Evans. It's not scripture, it's a quote. <laughs> um, she says At the heart of the gospel message is the story of a God who stoops to the point of death on a cross. Dignified or not, believable or not, ours is a God perpetually on bended knee, doing everything it takes to convince stubborn and petulant children that they are seen and loved. God sacrificed for us. So we should not only sacrifice for the people in our lives, but for the people outside of our circle. And this is a direct command from the Lord. Our core scripture today is this powerful one, Philippians 2, 5 through 8. I learned this verse a long time ago, but it seems like it continues to come up in my life and convict me at different moments. It says, Paul writes, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges, He gave up heaven. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. Then, when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Once again, we must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Why did he do this for us? Because he chose to become human, embrace our inadequacies, take on this weird body of ours. Um, I work with, I teach freshmen, and God bless them, that is an awkward stage of life. Um, They are continually embarrassed, they are continually awkward. Um, Their minds are here, their bodies are here, their emotions are here, and all that working together is just a circus on display. Um, They are precious, and I love them, but our our whole human thing is kind of nuts when you think about it. And Jesus got in this body to endure all of our frailty, when he is the God of the universe. Not only that, but then he died publicly for us. And his death transformed the most shameful form of execution into one of the most beautiful images and symbols all over the world. What a power. At the heart of the universe, is this one principle, self-sacrifice, is the highest act. The grain of wheat must die in order to give life. The cosmos reflects the nature of the God who created it. That is James Bryan Smith. He wrote this incredible book called The Good and Beautiful God, and judging by the one chapter I read, it's really good. (laughs) but I want y'all to think about the natural world that we see around us and how many times we see just in nature that something has to die in order for something new to grow. And he put that all around us as well as in ourselves, that sacrifice is a part of loving and a part of bringing about something new and something good. So I want to urge y'all to practice sacrificial love in three ways. The first way seems really simple. It's just three words. Love like Jesus. But wow, that might be the hardest three words that we have to live up to. This verse um, really kind of exemplifies what it means to love like Jesus. It's in John, We've probably heard it a lot, but I want you to really think about what it means for you today. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends, John 15, 13. But here's the thing, Jesus isn't just asking us to lay down our lives for our friends, but for anyone and everyone that we meet, that we come in contact with. That is a huge command, but he asks us to do that because he did it for us, right? So his love can urge us to love others in that powerful way. He reaches out to us so that we can reach out to others. Um, My son is seven years old. And whenever we are driving home from school and we turn left on Segan, there's always a person or two right there um, with signs that are asking for help. In his precious heart, he is scrambling all through the car to look for something to give. He's crawling over into the back seat. And this happened this week. And um, he found some hand warmers some hot hands to give to him, and it was like 85 degrees. So I was like, save this for later. And we also had in the car just a pack of fruit gummies, which, if you know, is like the life force of children. Um, So we had a pack of Welch's fruit gummies, just one bag, and I had like two bucks. So we gave him that odd gift, hot hands, fruit gummies, two bucks, and he was so pumped he's like i love gummies so it doesn't matter what you have with you loving is giving the offering it is presenting it and you never know the joy that is going to come from that the love of christ that reaches out you don't know what's going to be on the other end in our me first culture Self-giving seems like a weakness, but it's really an act of love. Um, The next thing that we need to do in our life to show sacrificial love is to not insist on our own way. That's a hard one. It's a really hard one. I want to show you this scripture that really kind of exemplifies this in 1 Corinthians 13. We hear this chapter used a lot right? It's always read at weddings, 1 Corinthians 13, but it can be a daily reminder for us on how to treat the people in our lives, as well as just anyone we come in contact with. Love is patient, love is kind, love is not envious, or boastful, or arrogant, or rude. It does not insist on its own way. Jesus did not insist on his own way. Um, The other night, I was reading the story, the Garden of Gethsemane, to my son, the seven-year-old. And we were reading about when Jesus was arrested. And he asked me, he was like, Mom, why did Jesus let that happen? He could have stopped it. Like, why did he let them arrest him? Why didn't he fight back? And I told him, because, babe, he chose not to. He chose to go willingly He did ask God for another way. He said, let this cup pass before me. But if not, thy will be done. And he chose us over another way. He did not insist on his own way. Give way to others in your life. Most of us live with the false narrative that strength is the highest act and domination Rules, But these are not the highest forms of power. Love, compassion, empathy, understanding, vulnerability, courage. These are our highest forms of power that we can use to actually change someone's life. God's power is made perfect in weakness, not strength. I want to share with you this gorgeous picture of God's sacrifice that I read this week. Um, There's an incredible writer and speaker passed away a few years ago named Brennan Manning and I always thought that was his given name, that was his birth name but it wasn't. He chose that name and I want to share with you why he chose Brennan. While uh, Manning was growing up his best friend was named Ray. They lived in Brooklyn they did everything together. They bought a car together as teenagers, double dated together, went to school together, enlisted in the army together, went to boot camp together. They were basically Steve Rogers and Bucky Barnes. Okay, you're a Marvel fan. That's Captain America and Winter Soldier, FYI. <laughs> um, so they did everything together. They were like <laughs> brothers, okay? They fought in the Korean War together. One night, they were in a foxhole just talking about old times in Brooklyn and what life was like when they were growing up. Brennan was talking to Ray. Ray was eating a chocolate bar when suddenly a live grenade came into the foxhole. Ray looked at Brennan, big smile, put down his chocolate bar, and jumped on the grenade. It exploded killing him, but saving Manning's life. Whenever Manning became a priest, he was instructed to take on the name of a saint. The only saint he could think of in his life was his best friend, Ray Brennan, who gave his life for him. So he took the name Brennan. Years later, he went to visit Ray's mother in Brooklyn. They sat up late one night, talking, having tea, and Brennan asked her, do you think Ray really loved me? She jumped up, put her finger in his face, and she said, Jesus Christ, what more could he have done for you? He gave his life. And in that moment, Manny had the epiphany of what Jesus did for us, and yet we question if he loves us. And he did it for us because of his love. The Father, the Son, and the Spirit all work together to reach out to us in order to restore this fallen world and sometimes in our best moments when we willingly sacrifice our own needs for the good of others we are participating in that sacrifice so the third way that we can show sacrificial love is to participate in the sacrifice by loving our community that may seem easy. You're like, oh, I really like my friends. That's good, I I can do that. Uh, But there's really a lot more to it. A key principle of the kingdom of God is what we let go of will never be lost, but become a thing of beauty. Let's say you let go of time to help somebody, that becomes beautiful. You let go of resources, you let go of money to help someone else, that becomes beautiful. You let go of fear of someone you don't really understand, and that becomes beautiful. So what do you need to let go of today to show sacrificial love to those around you? It's simple. Love your neighbor as yourself. I teach in the fourth and fifth grade venture class, and we talked about that last week. And we watched a video, and we talked to them about loving your neighbor as yourself and we asked them, who's your neighbor? And the fourth and fifth graders got it. They were like, everybody. Like, yes, everybody is our neighbor. And we need to live like that. We need to get it just like the fourth and fifth graders get it. That we need to love everybody as our neighbor and love them like we want them to love us. But what loving, our community really looks like may require more than us than we're ready or willing to give and that's okay. I'm reading this incredible book right now by Shannon Martin called Falling Free and it's a story of how she and her husband had reached the pinnacle of their goals in life like hashtag goals we did it awesome like we're rolling. They had this gorgeous farmhouse in Indiana They both had really successful jobs. They were pillars in their church community. They had adopted three children, and they were just, man, they were living their life that they'd always dreamed of. And over a course of a year, some debt came into their life. They both lost their jobs, and they had to sell that farmhouse. And she grieved and grieved because she was like, I thought this was it. Like, I thought that we'd gotten it all. And they chose to move into the middle of a city that they had lived purposely 30 minutes away from and be a part of a community that honestly scared her. But what God had for them was so much better. They ended up adopting a 20-year-old who was a father to twins. He was in and out of jail, and he became a part of their family. They opened their doors to their community, to the people all around them in what she thought was a really difficult place. Her husband became the chaplain of the county jail, and she says her life has been transformed for the better. That doesn't mean it's easy. So I love this quote. It's kind of long, but y'all read it with me. Community in its purest form is anything but pure. It's noisy. It's inconvenient. It demands we come to painful terms with the persistent cultural lies of independence and self sufficiency, both of which run contrary to the gospel. To be in community is to be painfully aware of our own unlovability, but to offer ourselves anyway. Community simply can't share space with masks or props. They're mutually exclusive. They cancel each other out. So what does that mean for us? Guess what the Bible tells us? First Peter tells us right here. He says, be quick to give a meal to the hungry, a bed to the homeless, cheerfully. Be generous with the different things God gave you. Passing them around so all get in on it. I love the message for that reason. Passing them around so all get in on it. If it's words, let it be God's words. If help, let it be God's hearty help. That way, God's bright presence will be evident in everything through Jesus. What a calling to be a movement of love, of joy to those around us. Jesus wants us to return to the people created in his image and move away from a world that values the wrong things. When we seclude ourselves, wrapped so tightly in what brings us comfort that we can't see the uninvited or ignored, or when we do see them but decide they're too much trouble, we relinquish our right to experience the richness of his goodness. That's Shannon Martin. And I've gotta tell y'all, I have a tendency to seclude. I have a tendency to be comfy. And one of my favorite things to look forward to, you know, you, you know you've made it in life when like the Saturday that you can't wait to happen is when you can sit on your couch with a blanket and fold all the clothes on the couch. Like, I look forward to that now in my life. Um, and I will really kind of treasure that Saturday and instead, Those clothes might not get folded, but what if we as a family were to go out and love on some people or invite a family over to our house from church? And yes, it might mean that my weekend relaxation doesn't happen, but the goodness that comes from it is so much greater. And rest comes in time. I mean, yes, rest is important, but don't let your desire for rest take away from a moment to love. That's huge. It's huge, y'all. Um, so sometimes we get caught up in us. And I know with me, some things stop me from fulfilling those three ways to live and love sacrificially. And here's just a few of them fear. What if this happens? What if that happens? What if that person does this? What if I fail? Shame. I'm not good enough. I'm not enough. I can't really do what God caused me to do. Embarrassment. Awkwardness is a huge thing that we all deal with. Maybe not all. I know I do. Um, Insecurity. Unworthiness. Is our house enough? Will they think that we don't take care of things? Or all of these questions just stack on top of each other. And they keep us from experiencing great relational joy. I say let all that go, let's let all that go. And let's do this, what if instead we simply let go? That's the unfancy gospel we're called to, to open our hands and fall, to cultivate a deep love for low places, to stop elevating ourselves as anything other than poor and needy. And y'all, I, once again, am just telling you that we can do it. I want to love more. I want to give more. I've reached a point in my life where I need community. And I want to let my doors open and invite people in, both literally and figuratively. And I think that we will only experience joy and God's love and an incredible outpouring of what it looks like to be a part of the kingdom when we do that. So I want to leave you with three practical tips. Three is apparently my number today. The first one is this. Practice not getting your way. Sacrifice for those you love around you in little ways. I'm not saying that you don't use your voice for honesty or empowerment Because there's a fine line between showing sacrificial love and giving up yourself for something that might be harmful. So I'm not in any way endorsing that. But in little ways, maybe your family member wants to go get Mexican and you really just want a burger. Guess what? They make burgers at Mexican places. So put their interests above your own. Okay, If your kid wants to watch... Another 30 minutes of Power Rangers and you want to watch the Great British Baking Show, that's me. Um, Put your interest, I'm talking to you handsome, put your interest, put their interest above your own. Okay, so practice that this week. When you want to get your way, put the other person's interest first and observe what little joys come from it. Tip number two. Intentionally show love inconveniently this week. Mess up your schedule to take someone somewhere. Buy dinner for someone you don't know. Show big love in a sacrificial way. And your third tip, open your home to someone new. It can be tea or coffee or dinner. Invite someone over with a cheerful heart. Do not let your nose keep you from experiencing the beauty of sacrifice and hospitality. And I just want to say that um, last year, Lauren Mayfield um, said this at a time she was speaking. And she told everybody, get out their phone right now and to text someone and invite them to dinner. And I did that day. And... It opened up a relationship with a woman that I had just kind of met, and, and we clicked. We got each other, and she and I have become really close friends because of that one little text. So do do that this week or this weekend. Invite someone new over, and y'all, inviting is a huge thing for other people to experience. If someone invites me to go somewhere or do something, like I can live on that for weeks. It's a big deal. So I encourage you, like, we can do this. We can love like Jesus loved. And um, I want to do more, and so I ask you to hold me accountable to that. Thank you all so much.